Ready? <laughs> I had to start it at some point. I don't blame you. I'll keep. I mean, I am the king of tangents. Well, we can both tangent. I'm thinking. I'm, you can. You can tell. I'm already like in the tangent mode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 32 dash seven. I found the number. And we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm the king of tangents. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And we talk about it and then about everything else. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe maybe that's how we click. Because we're both good with tangents, which means we're (laughs) easily able to derail each other. Though you're able to somehow keep it just tight enough so that we don't go off the rails and record a three-hour episode. It's my job for now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Like, you, I, like I said, like you're Frazier and I'm Roz, right? Okay. And I I'm like, okay, Frazier, we got five minutes before the news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, about that. I got. I need ten. I need ten minutes. All right. Where's my latte? <laughs> I'm not getting you coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that kid with my latte? Okay, I don't think Roz ever got Frazier coffee. I know, because Roz is awesome. Roz was the best. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, this is a podcast. We talk about video games and video game music. I want to thank everyone who joined us on last week's episode, which was our Patreon live-streamed episode. And also, I want to thank everyone who sent me some kind words about getting better and feeling better, because I was so sick. He was really sick. I was disgusting that night. And then the next morning, I was even worse. He woke up covered in his own snot. It would, I mean, you weren't around for that. Were you? I heard stories. <laughs> yeah, my wife did tell you. I was yeah, because then she got real sick too. And now she's she's terribly sick. Um, yeah, it's just been going around. But I want to thank uh, thank you everyone for for your kind words and your get well wishes and all that stuff. So I do appreciate it. I'm still a little congested, but I think that's just normal allergy stuff. But just hang in there, because honestly, this day and age, you don't know. No one knows what they're sick with, but you no just gotta know that you get sick. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you're 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 being brave here. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm like a, hanging I'm out like in, a, the, in the Nichols basement. I'm a, I'm a wall of illness reflection. I don't know what it is about me, but I'll take what I can get. I think I, it's my blood type. I need a little bit of that. No, I, I, I need a little bit of your blood. That boy, everyone's taking it. Just go get a blood <laughs> donation. I'm just giving it away. No, I can get it. You're right here. You're right here. Yeah, but there are no sanitized needles in this basement. There's no the bags. Source. There's no place to store it. You have never asked. What? Ooh, crap. You might have some blood bags, which <laughs> that would draw another question. Are you a secret vampire? What's that? What's up behind your records over there? <laughs> Jake! Um, secret vampire. Secret vampire. No, yeah. I haven't. No, I, you know, I'm a morning person, but an early morning person. Hey, there it is. Before the sun comes <laughs> up. <laughs> and I also just had a weird idea for like future topics. I don't know why. I just had no why it happened because I'm the king of tangents. You talked about uh, Frazier and Roz. Yes. And then I was like, wait a minute. That would be a great episode topic right there, Frasier. But I was like, wait a minute. We already did an episode on Frasier, except we didn't. We did an episode on Seattle. Seattle. We did Seattle. And I was thinking, what if we took other TV shows we liked, look at the cities they're located in, (laughs) and do episodes based around the show slash the city. Yeah. And see what we could do with that. Where was Family Matters located? Chicago. There we go. We do Chicago. Oh, that's right. Because of Perfect Strangers. That's right. We got to do Chicago next. Dun, dun, dun. Chicago's a future episode. Chicago, we're coming for you. I don't think there are very many games that took place in Cincinnati, though, so WKRP is out. Oh, man, I love WKRP. Cincinnati. We, we could record in location in Chicago, right? That is... Wait, what? Oh, if we got an invite to Anime Central or something. <laughs> or something, I don't know. Um, I know that we, we will be... We probably could, to be honest, though. I think it's in... What, August? August will be at Too Many Games, right? Yeah. Too Many Games in the greater Philadelphia area. This is my my plug for Too Many Games. Go to Too Many Games. 
And then in August, we may be at Retro World up in uh, Connecticut. Did you apply? Um, I've been waiting for that. I've been oh. waiting. That, that stuff's always last minute. And then you never know. And then there might be other VGM podcasts doing their own thing up there. I thought we would just do our own. I'm not gonna um, roll ourselves into everybody else. We're gonna oh. we're gonna we're gonna be our own men for now. Don't the whole point is to show up and hang out and have a good time. Oh anyway, yeah, so. yeah, and to be better than everybody else. No, no, I no, I, I, I just want to put their New Haven pizza to the test because right, hanging we didn't out have it last time. with friends, eating pizza. Yes, and then also <laughs> being better. <laughs> ah, no, I don't want that. Co- I don't want that competition. <laughs> I want that stress. <laughs> I want it to be fun, fun in the sun, fun or the cold sun. because it's New England. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely New England up there. It's definitely up there. It's definitely <laughs> New England. <laughs> um, this week is a topic called animals. I thought it would be fun to do video game animals. There's lots of animals, and I'm not sure how mine qualify, but I'm having fun with it anyway. I had a, I had, a, I had good fun with it. But this is an odd-numbered episode. We're going to start with use. Well, I actually picked from a game that I never played, and I would have played it before this episode, except I had to let my boss to the office so she can get her keys to her car. So I missed my window. Oh. This comes from the game Ivy the Kiwi on the Nintendo Wii. The track title is Sky of the Phoenix, and it is composed by Prope, or as he was known as, according to Yuji Naka, Mm. Takase-san. Oh, all right. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Sky of the Phoenix from the game Ivy the Kiwi, released on the Nintendo Wii and Nintendo DS, composed by Prope or Takase-san. Um, I own the game. I've never played it. I bought it knowing that it was Yuji Naka's product, and at the time, there wasn't much that Yuji Naka had done before it. Yuji Naka has done... He was the creator of Sonic. Oh, okay, right. Of course, I would know that. No, I, I don't. I'm an expert. I, I honestly don't expect a lot of people to know that. It's just one of those things where it's like, I wasn't thinking to say, it's like, oh, yeah, you play Sonic. Um, so rather than trying to explain the game to you, though I could probably do that, I have the box in my hands, so I'll just read the description. <laughs> oh, no, snap. You actually brought it. Yeah, I, was going to, <laughs> I told you. I was literally going to play it, but I got called to help my oh, my boss at work, so I didn't have time. The artwork looks like, it looks like it's hand-drawn on paper. It's amazing. It says, play the new platformer from the creator of Sonic. Help Ivy find her way home. Use your stylus to stretch protective vines across your DS screen, oh, guiding Ivy as she climbs, bounces, spins, and smashes her way past obstacles. So, if it doesn't, if you haven't realized it at this point, 
The prime reason why I wanted to get it aside from the Yuji Naka connection is because I wanted more Kirby Canvas Curse action, and this was oh, close to that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You draw like the thing, and then the Kirby goes across it, and then the thing in the hay. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> um, but yep, pretty much. Like, you draw the vines, the kiwi walks across them, and you can also, like, pull the vines and snap them for the kiwi to get launched oh, into the air and stuff cute. like that. It's so cute. It's so cute. So, And also, I chose the game also because freaking kiwi birds. New Zealand, baby. Yeah, tiny little kiwi birds. And this one's like, it looks like it's still stuck in an egg. Yeah, it's, it didn't fully hatch from its own egg, which adds extra adorableness. Oh, it's so cute. Like, yeah, I didn't know anything about this game before. It's it's adorable. And that's also another reason why I chose. I'm like, okay, Rob wanted to go with animals this episode. Let me think of like a really cool animal that a lot of people will go, whoa, no one's talked about this game before. And also, <laughs> what kind of animal is that? Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I was thinking of different animals also. I'll get into that later. <laughs> He's like, actually, I got a winged Appaloosa from the game. Spinach. <laughs> no. Um... Yeah, I, I was uh, when I think of animals, the first thing I think of is that that Saturn puzzle game that you played. Oh, Baku Baku, Baku Baku, which is all those little animals and. Oh yeah, I do want to play that again too. That's so cute! I would love to play that. I this, still this, have this my Saturn. I only have one controller. That's the problem. No, I do have. I do have more because I have the one that came with it, and I got the 3D controller that came with Knights. So I technically have two controllers. Is the controller port is it's, is it proprietary? Is it like different from like the Genesis port? Oh yeah, it's uh, his own, own console controller port style. Lame. The um because I know the, the 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 controller port of the Genesis was the exact same controller port of the Atari 2600. Really? Yeah. That's I don't know. An odd connection. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the same manufacturer. But I was I used to play 2600 games with my Sega Genesis controller. <laughs> Because it was only didn't go vice versa because it weren't nearly enough. No, you could, you could actually. It was just you only had one button on the Atari stick, so Uh I think it was like A or B. Oh wow! So you could play technically play games with it, but it worked the other way around because the Atari. I never got used to the Atari stick to play games. Mm -hmm. Chris, our friend Chris, Mm -hmm. amazing with it. Like he could hold it with one hand and have his thumb on the stick on top of it. That's part of the fun. He's like drinking a soda in one hand, hustling people with the other. Did I ever tell you how, how how long he played Asteroids on the 2600? No. Like, that game isn't... It didn't have a pause button, did it? No, there was no pause. And, and the score, there was no end to that game. Just until you died. Yeah, I think it was New Year's. And we were on the phone. It was in high school. We were on the phone like all night long. And he was just playing it. And he just played it for like, I don't know how many hours. It was, it was close to an entire day. Jeez. And, just, and, and at some point, like, like he would just walk away from it to go to the bathroom and come back. Because he had earned so many lives, and he, he could, could just, take some deaths. He could just take some deaths and just come back to it. But yeah, he just he just played a whole whole lot. So he must have been playing like with one hand, like reading comics in the other or something. One of those <laughs> one of those games where like the high score is almost meaningless because someone could just play it forever. Yeah, well, it, no, there is definitely a meaning to the high score in, in, as far as records are concerned because you can be like, I had to roll. You had to prove that you rolled it over so many times. Well, that's true. Yeah, I actually I, I rolled it over a couple times at Magfest. I oh, needed, you played it there. I, well, I needed a break, and um, and there was a there was a lot of seating in the retro retro gaming area. No one's playing. <laughs> no one's playing those. No one's playing on the Atari, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna hang out here. And then I sat down and played Asteroids. Yeah, it's like a good time to me. There's as a lot a, of classic games. As Chris would say, you know, play a round of Roids. <laughs> some Roids. <laughs> Have a spot of tea in the in the process. <laughs> Have some Roids. All right, so what I want to do my first track. I'm going to go with one of the classic animals. When you think of animals, I immediately think of this animal. This is from the game Muppet Race Mania. 
the heck animals in a Muppets game? The dog? Animal. Animal. Animals. Oh, I'm thinking about Fraggle Rock for some reason. <laughs> animal. Animal. An- animal's the man. Animal is the man. Animal dance. Animal dance. Um, he is he is front and center on the cover of this game because people love Animal. That's what you go for. This is a track called New York City for the Sony PlayStation. I don't have a composer yet. Um, I'm, I'll come up with one. I actually thought he was awesome in the Muppet Babies cartoon, too. He was the best. I them all go dance. Go bye-bye. That's right. right. That was him. All right. Uh, so here we go. This is uh, the track is called New York City. It's, it's all, the, all the different stages at different um, tracks. And a lot of them were like, were, they, they sounded really fun, like from a classic, like Jim Henson show. Um, so here we go. New York City from Muppet Race Mania. We're like, ha, go here, here. I don't know. Go hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. This is the track New York City from Muppet Race Mania for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Andy Blythe and Martin Jostra. Wow. This is a fun <laughs> track. I mean, this is like Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm. It's such a good tune, though. It's I, good. This is this is like, this is prime, this is, this is prime kart racing like craze, right? Like there's tons of kart racers around this time, like Mario Kart and then the Mario 64 and the Crash Team Racing, and then you got the Muppets in the mix. What are Muppets gonna bring to the table? I don't um, know. But like honestly, I think it's funny. Like you start talking about Animal and the Muppets, and yeah, about Muppet Babies, and then I started remembering the the episode from way back in the day they did, where it was the Pretendo Entertainment System that they had. And they were all like playing this like fake Nintendo console. And they were imagining themselves as like different video games. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all of the games they did, at least their names. But I remember they did like a Legend of Zelda knockoff called The Legend of Smelda. That was like <laughs> Miss Piggy was playing that. And then Gonzo was playing like, uh, what was it? Like 
was Super Bar, Super King Cobra Cabana. <laughs> and like Kermit was caught up in a Frogger game. And I looked up some footage because I didn't remember this part. Apparently, they had like Keith Courage and Alpha Zones what? in the episode, too. Oh, that's awesome. And I remember Fozzie. I don't remember the name of the... No, that's what it was called. Fozzie was caught in a game that was like Skate or Die, but it was called Skate or Lose. <laughs> and he was just constantly being chased around <laughs> oh, by skateboarders. Oh, that's great. I got to find that. That's awesome. It's uh, such a like wacky concept for it. I was like, oh, they're just all imagining themselves oh, in different video games. So so you get eight Muppets to start the game with. The, 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 core, the core Muppets, right? You the Kermit, Kermit, Kermit the Frogs, the Miss Piggies, Con- Gonzo. I'm trying to guess. I want to guess. Cause I'm like, you said there's eight, right? There's eight. So it's Miss Piggy. Don't look at my screen. What? I can't see it. I'm blind, remember? <laughs> I wear glasses. Kermit, Miss Piggy. Fozzie, Gonzo, mm-hmm. Animal, Rolf. Right. I want to say either Scooter or Skeeter, but I'm probably wrong. Did you say Fozzie? I did. I want to say I said Fozzie because I would have. All right. Fozzie's one of the big dogs. Um. All right. So the last two you're not going to get. It's not Bunsen and Beaker, is it? Okay. That's why. Because it's Beaker and not Bunsen. What? And then... Um, a newbie, not I mean newbie, as in like they reintroduced in the two thousands. Was it the rabbit? Rizzo, Rizzo the oh, rat. Rizzo, Rizzo the rat. Now what I find is all the unlockable characters. There's a, there's a ton of them, and they're my favorite. You got um, Scooter, okay, Sam the Eagle, but uh, not Skeeter. Uh, no Skeeter. I think. Wow. I want to say Skeeter was just a Muppet Babies. I guess that would make sense for demographic purposes. Yeah, um, but Scooter and Skeeter were an awesome combo. You got uh, Swedish Chef is in there. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew is in there. Floyd Pepper. Bobo the Bear. All right, here we go. Link Hogthrob. Remember Link Hogthrob? From, I do not remember that person. He was always like the uh, the pig Muppet they used to be like the uh, the movie star like from Pigs in Space. Uh-huh. Pigs in Space! <laughs> Um, Sal, Clifford, and then there were um, actually there were bosses that were not unlocked that were not unlockable. There were Sweetums, Beauregard, oh Statler and Waldorf. Sweetums is the one where like I know it by name, but I barely remember or I can't recall what Sweetums actually is. Doctor Phil, Sweetums is the big like it's not oh. the stuff loving is. So no, stu- no, Sweetums, there it is. Sweetums is the weird like ogre looking thing where his mouth just drops down. Oh yeah, no. yeah. Oh, here we go. I can just click on these and look at it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, so a lot of these characters were from the Muppets, the Muppets Tonight. Remember that show? Yes, loosely. Um, so they had, you'll know because their special episodes, their special guests were guests like Garth Brooks, Heather Locklear, <laughs> John Goodman. Oh, wow. They had Prince. Holy moly. Um, now, was the Muppets Tonight the revival show they tried to do? It was. Yes. And I remember that because, uh, I watched the hell out of it. And they had the, I remember this guy, Clifford. Remember Clifford? Uh-huh. He was like the Jamaican Muppet. He yeah. had like he was all purple. I liked him a lot. Now, I got to ask you, though. Who was your favorite Muppet? My favorite Muppet your is Rolf. Was it? He was so cute. I can respect that. Rolf okay. was awesome. I, I, first of all, I liked any Muppet that had like human hands. Mm-hmm. I loved human hand Muppets. <laughs> and I liked that he played the piano, and I liked that he was a big brown dog. I played a piano. Uh, yeah. That's what he says in the song, you know. <laughs> I played a piano. And I liked, I don't know, I was always torn between Animal and Gonzo, honestly. Yeah, they were fun. I liked the energy they brought to the table. I like wow. the fact that Gonzo's entire premise was that he was strange. And you don't you don't mind Gonzo dating a chicken. 
He didn't date Camilla in the cartoon, or maybe in the real thing he did, but in the cartoon <laughs> he did. He just, he just loved Camilla. It was his, his baby bird yeah. shit. Yeah, uh, we'll just go with that. We'll just go with that. Hey, you, don't you tarnish my Muppet baby. <laughs> but I think in the in the grown adult version, I think he did date Camilla. Didn't he? I think so too. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like, but it was like he was my girlfriend, or he was like she was the star of the show. Of course, it was all the chickens. They would just the chicken puppets they would throw around on stage. <laughs> okay, what is your next track? So. I don't know why, but I was thinking about this today, and I was like, well, I do want to bring... This is a good opportunity to bring this game back to the full. So I don't think we ever picked a track from the sequel, only the first game. So this will be the first time it was on the show. This is the game Bloody Roar 2, Ooh. and the track title is called No Joke. It is the theme for Busujima, and I believe it was composed by Takayuki Nagishi. We have we have played some Bloody Roar music before. Yeah, the first from game, the first one. Okay, but not the second. There's some interesting animals in here. A lot of animals. Yeah. Welcome back. You were just listening to one hell of a track. What track was that? Well, it's from the game Bloody Roar 2. It's oh, titled No Joke. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and it's called, like I said, it's called No Joke, <laughs> composed by Takayuki Negishi. I pay attention sometimes. No, you joke. You know, no one ever listens to anything I have. This is a, this is a PlayStation game, right? Yes, it right. is. It, PS1. The PS One. Yeah, the third game went up. I believe this third game was on PS Two. I had a PlayStation One. I played Tomb Raider. Is this a Tomb Raider music? No. Wow, it's good. That was Tomb Raider <laughs> music. So I actually came across a meme for that game recently of all times. I'd laugh my butt off. Oh, where she's like, she cocks her shotgun and she's like, I'm gonna kill all these dinosaurs. Yeah, it was like when you come across a two, when you come across a uh, <laughs> cave that's been somehow hidden for 65 million years, still containing dinosaurs that survived. <laughs> that survived like pretty much like the destruction of the planet and it's just her going to the shade she's <laughs> yeah. oh, like, like oh well <laughs> but like Bloody Roar is one of those fighting games that somehow broke through the wall of my dislike in the genre it was wacky then. it was a wacky game no not even wacky it was brutal but <laughs> the theme of it I guess was fairly unique at the time in that you had every character had two forms. They had a human form and an animal form that they could transform into. 
not necessarily at will. There was a gauge related to it. But unlike a lot of games, it wasn't a super. It was a thing that you became and you stayed that way for a good amount of time. Yeah, it, which, was, it was like an alternate. And I like that everyone had like kind of alternate characters, essentially. Yeah, I love the game. Like, because sometimes you might have found yourself in a better position to be the human and not the animal. Like, the animals were always more powerful. But, for example, I used to use Alice the Rabbit yeah, primarily. And Alice was fast in either form, but as a human, I felt like I had a couple good kick moves that she was really good with using. So just because she wasn't, you know, fer- ferocious. <laughs> I uh, see what you did there. That's right. I, I had to. My pun time. Ferocious. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Two words in one. I know. Oh, fur. That's right. Amazing. That's right. That's Every qu- once in a while, I can get punny, too. That's the quality you get on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you a- get a guy who worked real hard <laughs> to combine two words into one word. Did you ever play this one in the arcades or just on the PlayStation? Only on PlayStation. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even know it was in the arcade for the most part, but I had to just kind of accept that if a fighting game was on a console, it had time in the arcade. Like, I yeah. can't think of too many fighting games back then, mind you. Back Current then. Days, right, right, story. Right. Yeah, yeah. But back then, that were developed specifically for consoles. A lot of these 3D fighters... I never really got a chance to see in the arcades. I think you probably didn't either, because maybe the arcades just weren't as They were prevalent. on their way out in America. They were kind of on their way out, yeah. I remember like when I, when I visited London when I was like 18. So this was like 97. No, this was like 98, 99. And um, there was like, there were fighting games I never saw anywhere else. Like, I was like, there's an arcade version of this? I assumed that they stuck a PlayStation in a, in a machine. But, but you're right. A lot of these games had just, they were just arcade versions. And every time I look up Bloody Roar stuff, I see like, the arcade version was by such and such. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be awesome in the arcades. And now I'm like, I'm slowly learning about a number of these games. Like a friend of mine, he got, I'm not even going to state this right, I'm sure of it, but he got this arcade machine. And the, the hardware is called like a Nezica. Like if you've gone to yeah, like Nezica. round one, they've yeah. had them. But he did something to it. It has like a thousand video games on it. Yeah. From like Taito. Like if Taito had his hand in it, or it ran on this system, he probably has it. Yeah, I don't and know I'm how that works, but like at round one, they have like a Nezuka system, and there's like 10 games on it. And I'm hey, like, oh, that's cool. It's really awesome. And like, you'll scroll through, and you're like, that had a game? That's a game? What the heck is that? That was in the arcade, like that Caladrius Blaze game that I had on PS4. We played it during the stream back in the day, when we yeah. did the charity stream. That had an arcade version, which I guess I should have known, because there is a Caladrius AC or whatever, okay. which are, but I didn't know. So I'm playing the arcade game, I'm like, well, I don't remember this stuff, but like, there's a lot of weird fighting games I come across in there, Melty Bloods and this, and I find myself going, like, how do I make these characters work? And I always try to boot it up and use the generic Ryu and Kin combos to see if something sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I wish, really, really wish I were better at fighting games than I am, because I've even back when I was younger with better coordination and all that, I was never good at fighters. But I always yeah. had characters when I really wanted to play a game. I would find that one character that had some kind of cheap combo. Yes. Like in this game, again, Alice the Rabbit, she had this flip kick she could do. She'd flip forward and she'd flip back and she'd do it one more time. It was like a really cheap way to break out of a structure or a structured hold. And I exploited it. It was like out of it. Liu Kang's bicycle kick thing in Mortal Kombat. Like you learn that one move and you're like, I could do like a thing. Look at that. That's right. That's Purnell's unique combo. <laughs> But you would never play Liu Kang because you were a Sonya Blade. I Sonya Bladed it. Yeah, of course you did. That's right. I knew. I know what I'm pronouncing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, okay. So learning a new fighting game. Um, 
I the best thing to do is to ignore all the special moves and just focus on all your normal attacks and get really good at them. That makes sense because then you don't have to worry about, I could have got him, but I didn't get the input right. Exactly. And everyone else around you is like flailing around trying to do stuff. And you're like, medium kick. Because <laughs> suddenly you're connecting everything and now everyone else is like flying around the screen. That was my biggest woe, too. Like, I'm no, that's, just, that's just me. That's just a Street Fighter thing. I don't know. No, but, I uh, think it's a valid tact because there were, again, I've, I have had matches from like, my big complaint ends up being, see, if I could just put the moves in like you do, yeah. I'd be fine. But like you said, like it doesn't take a lot to know if I press this button while holding down, it's a sweet kick so I can plan for that. Like Chun-Li, that was a big thing I did with her back in the day. I could only do her hurricane kick. Well, I guess something she was easy. Hurricane kick, her lightning kick. But beyond those things, I always used to exploit her low sweep. Oh, or yeah. her low heavy, she did like the two foot kick. Because yeah, if you knew like like exactly how far it reached and how long it took to come out, like you could be much much better at every. And if you knew that with all of this, all, all of the normal moves, normal moves being just hitting a button rather mm-hmm. than like doing like directional inputs, then like you have a leg up on everybody. Legs oh. up on everybody playing that game already. Yeah, because so, even with the lightning kick, like it, I felt like it was good, but it took too long for me personally to get it started. Yeah. So I didn't rely on that, but. <laughs> It was like the low sweep kick, and then she had her grab where she kind of like rushed in on you and like slammed you onto the ground. Yeah. Like I exploited those two things. That was the best. Oh, and her jump stomp. Oh, yeah. The head stomp. Head yeah. stomp is the best. One of the only characters that could do that. Her throw is always so awesome. I don't know why. I loved like, her shoulder throw. Chun Li's shoulder throw yes. was classic. Super I classic. I love that. When they, when they revamped it in Street Fighter 3, it, it was like a much longer animation. She, would like, she flipped them around, but it was still a shoulder throw. It was so cool. Oh, so it didn't ruin it. I assumed that by making it take longer and slower, it was easier to break out of it or avoid no, it. No, no, no. It was just like once you grabbed it, it was a longer animation. And it, was, it was really slick. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I used to spend hours, hours in Street Fighter 4 or just practicing just the normal moves and how far they would hit. I would I would throw somebody, and then as soon as they would wake up, I would see what moves could connect on their wake up. Oh, so you try to keep them keep them in a, ju- a juggle? Yeah, yeah. So I can. It's called a media attack, where your hit your your attack box is already out when they're when they stand up. So uh-huh. they essentially walk into your fist. They have like a like a short burst of time to put the guard up. Well, they have a decision to make: are they going to block, or are they going to attack? That's all they can do. Or, or they're just going to stand still and, and do whatever. So if they continue to block, uh-huh. right, then they'll block my attack. Or I could mix it up and I could throw. And if they block, then I'm going to throw them. Or they could attack, meaning that if they're going to attack, then they're going to run into my fist. <laughs> but if I was throwing, then um, then, then, then they, would, they would beat me. It's rock, paper, scissors. That's that Yomi. That's what it is. It's it's Oki. It's Oki uh, Okizime, which is the wake up means wake up. Oh, so you got all kinds of words. Only ever, only one I ever knew was Yomi because I had a friend who just would just drive that word home. Like <laughs> it's the kind of thing where he was like letting you know oh, I know the terminology and I'm I'm a pro. <laughs> the Yomi, the Yomi, the Yomi. What the heck is a Yomi? I don't know. And then once I had learned, like okay, I don't need to call it that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's mind games. And no, most of Street Fighter is like it's just really fast rock paper scissors, and that's why I like fighting games. Um, of course, I haven't played a fighting game in ages. It's been a long time for now. You gotta play one just for old times. Sake. I'm thinking about it. I'm, the next Street Fighter. I'll definitely try. Or just get some of the weird ones. I think it was there's just so five. I just, yeah, there's there's a lot of weird ones out there. I just the combo the com- the big the big combo ones like Melty Blood and uh-huh. stuff like the anime anime fighters. I just they don't appeal to me. But Arcana Heart should like. I played that one. Arcana Heart 3 
You had to have because you played, were there when I said I was going to buy it. I played, yeah, probably. I played a bunch of game fighting games on that Nessica um, thing at round one with Ian ages ago. We, we found this one that was really cool. Yeah, we played a lot of it. Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. You can play that character that uses Tetris pieces. I would love to try that sometime. Yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, Te- uh, Tetris fighting. <laughs> Tetris rolling. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into our next track. I'm going to go with... This is tough. Okay. This is for the Sega Genesis. This is one of my favorite animals, the bear. The bear? The bear. The bear. The bear. I'm forgetting it. Was he a main character? Oh, yeah. Main character. He was the main character. The main character. Franchise. Big name. And it was a bear on the Genesis? Oh, yeah. Christ, I'm hating myself. It's uh, based on the cartoon. Based on a cartoon, even. Famous cartoon. Old cartoon. I'm not forgetting this. What is the game? Um, Oh, give me a letter. Hanna-Barbera. Oh, Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, my God. I'm so tired. I remember Yogi Bear picnic basket. I mean, because honestly, I forgot there was a Yogi Bear video game on the Genesis. <laughs> this is a uh, Yogi Bear's cartoon capers. The track we're going to listen to is called Dream Time, which I think is like a like a game over screen or something. But it's one of the coolest tracks in the game. The, the composers are George Villiers and Ash Hogg. Hey, boo boo! Hey. I like talking to you. <laughs> This is Dream Time from Yogi Bear's Cartoon Capers for the Sega Genesis, composed by George Villiers and Ash Hogg. And this is a weirdly slow, sophisticated jazz track for Yogi Bear. Well, I mean, it said, you said it's called Dream Time or Dreamland, right? It's called Dream Time. I don't know where this takes place in the game. The rest of the tracks are like straight up Hanna Barbera, like fun caper music stuff. Like it's this really is he's taking a break from the caper. He had it. He found his picnic basket. He's dined on it, and now he's taking a nap. I know, but like this is a weird like he's taking a nap and, ta- and dreaming in like in a weird David Lynch like there Lost Highway kind of world. <laughs> this is this is some scary Yogi, stuff. Yogi, don't eat the jam. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Yogi Bear wants his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Boo-boo, why are you talking backwards, eh? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I was like thinking I wanted a Yogi Bear track. I was thinking Yogi Bear in my my, my mind for some reason for the animals episode. And Wasn't I knew there a person named Yogi Bear. Yes. Wow. Na- oh, uh, Yogi Bear. Was he based off of Yogi Bear? Uh, well, at least the name. There it is. <laughs> I believe. Okay. I believe anyway. Yeah, Yogi Bear was a, uh, a baseball player. Uh huh. Long, long ago. That's all I know. Don't <laughs> ask me anything else. <laughs> and I'm only assuming it's that way. Not what the was other, this batting at? And not the other way around that Yogi Berra was named after Yogi Bear. Probably not. I would hope not. Well, that would be a surprise. Um, yeah. No, yeah, great, great, great baseball player. Absolutely a wonderful person, I'm sure. Not racist at all. <laughs> I hope not. Don't, 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 don't. But being a, a baseball player in like the 60s or something, I'm sure it's like terrifying. Um, it depends. It, it depends. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yogi Bear though was just like silly stuff. Yeah. I, of all the Hanna Barbera cartoons, Yogi Bear was probably one of my favorites because it wasn't. It wasn't a group of characters trying to solve mysteries. <laughs> that is true. Because I feel like There's a, a lot, lot of them were that. I like, can name a ton. Right? You can start with Scooby Doo. I can only think of three off the top of my head right okay. now. There was Scooby Doo okay. and the mystery, but I guess they just called it Scooby Doo and whatever tag they had at the time. Right. Yeah. No, that's not. Was like Jabberjaw, Jab, Jab, Jab. Yeah, which was they were also a band. They were a band, right? I guess technically Josie and the Pussycats was Hanna Barbera, and they yes. were a band, and they also, also sometimes solved mysteries. Uh, the Amazing Chan and the Chan, Chan Clan. Clan. I kept. I always want to call also, them Cherry Chan and the also, Chan Clan. Also, also a band. Also solving mysteries. <laughs> also a little racist. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that's uh, a shame. Uh, uh, um, Great Ape. Wait. Great Ape wasn't, a, he didn't solve mysteries. He just had scenarios. That yeah, occurred. yeah, I get you probably. Great Ape. I'll be but Great Ape, hey, Mr. Peebles. But Jabberjaw. Yeah, Jabberjaw was my Jabberjaw. jam. Jabberjaw, oh my gosh. I, I like that Jabberjaw. show a lot. Um, and they all they all had the tropes. I saw, yeah, uh, uh, it was, a. Uh, so I was watching The Simpsons. We were telling you on the break, we were watching a lot of The Simpsons episodes from like season 10, which I'm, which I never owned the DVD of, which means I only remember these from when I watched them when I was like, I guess a teenager. Um, but or there reruns, were, maybe, right? yeah, maybe. But I didn't watch a lot of TV like later on. Um, it was a McGilla Gorilla. They made a McGilla the McGilla Gorilla reference. Really? On the Simpsons? Yeah, because that's right. Because Homer was that's that's why I was thinking of Yogi Bear. Homer was dreaming about being Yogi Bear, and then like the um uh, the the uh, the park ranger comes out. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Don't take my picnic basket!" And he just oh, he just, just tears him up. He tears him up, and Homer wakes up and he's like, "Oh, I had the." Best dream, <laughs> and then he goes back to Bart s- was boo boo. Yeah, yeah, and he goes back to sleep, and he's like, "Hey, I'm McGill Gorilla. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with that pie?" because <laughs> <laughs> like on that one, he didn't actually go to the dream. It was still him. It was sleep. still him, just just like talking in his sleep. And I thought, I just, I thought that was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Um, oh my gosh, more say, more and more Simpsons references. Well, you can never have enough of those. No. Let's be realistic here. No, season, season season ten is pretty amazing. The thing is, people have that cutoff where they claim the show just was terrible after that, and it was all bogus. Like that statement oh. is a hundred percent false. Like yeah. you can claim, like people will claim, was the principal and the pauper. That's the label that they say is the episode where the show clearly just took a turn. What's that one? That was the one where you, turned, you learned that his name was Ad, Principal Skinner's name oh, was Armin Tamzarian. Season nine, okay. Season I, nine. I, I can kind of. I only know that because I just, I just watched it recently. I can kind of see why things things do change. Yeah, but but, they, but like it doesn't change bad. Yeah, it doesn't change bad. It just makes it a little weirder. Like some of the plots become weirder. But they had weird plots before that too. Um, I still was watching the show and generally finding enjoyment. 
if anything, the only episode I could think of between like season nine and like twelve, where I'm just like, ugh. And I still enjoyed the watch overall. It was Bart the Mom. Oh, I recently Bart- I recently skipped that episode. The thing about it though, Bart the Mom, for being kind of eh, it still had one of the best jokes in the series back on the end of it. Which was when, they, when Principal Skinner was gone down the line of animals. They yeah. were going to release into the city to eat the other animals. Oh, um, <laughs> and also, for some reason, I like the line where, uh, like, when the, the Jasper comes. He's like, I got my last bird. I got, that's a something, something pigeon. That's my final card. So long, suckers, or something. Like, I just, there were certain bits from that that I liked. There were um, there were a couple episodes I did, I did skip because I read the synopsis and I'm like, I'm not, I can't watch that. And it was um, Bart. Bart gets a new dog. That was that was Laddie. Yeah, Laddie. At I was, the end with the guy, the marijuana guy, is like, oh, that's not for doggies. You can't sniff that. <laughs> I know, that. but that's because he's neglecting Santa's little helper. And I'm like, I can't. That hurts my heart. And the same thing with uh, Bart the mom. It's because he kills a bird. Yeah. Know, by accident. Or By like, accident, though. Well, I mean, come on, by accident. He meant to shoot no, the bird. No, he didn't. You, see, that's why you should have watched the episode. He I did remember, not. I know, he meant to turn away, but shot it anyway. It was a crooked sight. Still, he didn't want to shoot it. I know. That's why he felt bad. Exactly, and I didn't want to watch that. Ah, but then he gets Chirpy Boy, <laughs> Chirpy Boy Junior. <laughs> See, I remember these. Things. I know. I, it's just some things I can't stomach now. I just can't stomach that stuff. Oh, I can't do it. It's even those old Simpsons episodes. It's just they're just hard to watch. You know, I mean, like but that, he, he that's literally that, straggles Bart. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it now. I get it. Why this? Why the show got bad? Because of those episodes. <laughs> because he strangled Bart. I mean, he did that all the time. I just can't watch it. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, one of my, my one of my absolute favorites is the Prohibition episode. And, oh, that, and that's because... No, you won't. Is it that one? No, no, that was the one that opens with um, St. Patrick's Day. But there's one of them where they're all drunk, and they all get in their car, yes. and they drive through the school. Yeah, that was a great episode. That to me is one of the like it's so horrible. Was, it's so horrible. But it was great because that was but the one where they blamed it. the kids for it, and then all the kids were like giving curfews. That's right. It's the curfews one. That's right. That's right. And then they know all their secrets. But like, there's the um. But like the fact that had like too many puddings. The, the 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 drunk talk they do, I feel, is so real because like he grabs a uh, a fire extinguisher. And Lenny points it at, at Homer and just says, hey, Homer, guess what? Isotopes and just sprays him with it. Like, <laughs> and like, and like that, to him, that's a joke. You know, I don't know why I think that's that was really funny to me. It, well, I, the whole episode was just good, though. And, then like and it, when, had one, it had a good song number, too, at the end of it. When your friends were visiting from Chicago, you guys, were, we were all playing board games, and they would just scream, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. <laughs> and you know what that was? You, but here's the question. Yeah, who shot Mr. Burns? That's right, just make it sure. he wouldn't remember his name. And Homer's then at the end of the episode, all he could say was his name. Homer, <laughs> Homer Simpson. Simpson. Homer Simpson. <laughs> all right, we've talked about this enough. People were like, we're kind of... Ta- we said King of Tangents at the very beginning of the episode. They okay. knew what they were getting. I am going to promise... I'm going to make a Rhythm and Pixels promise. A declaration, if you will. I will not make another Simpsons tangent. Oh, God, no. That's a horrible the rest of this episode. Well, you did. I'm not making that declaration. All right. What's you got? All right. This don't, ep- please don't say Simpsons. This game, track please. comes from the game Simpsons Road Rage no. in honor of Santa's little helper, the most adorable job. Oh, I see one of my kids for Bumblebee Man. Um, no, it doesn't come from that game. Oh, I, I, you were I, typing it. Yes. I was like, is there, is there a Bumblebee Man game? That's me leading into aye, a joke. Aye, aye. <laughs> see you on see you on birds. Oh, no. Um, this comes from the game Jumping Flash. Oh, awesome. On the PlayStation 1. This is the theme for stage 2-1. 
probably my favorite stage in the game. And this is composed by Takeo Miratsu. Rob is apparently really caught up in the feeling that this sounds a lot like it's a small world after all. It's not far off. It's actually. a small video game music world after all. Yeah. Except for this part right here. It's, it's like something's really wrong. It's so good. I This comes from the game Jumping Flash. This is stage 2-1 from said game. Released on the PlayStation 1. Composed by Takeo Miratsu. This is the actual game that made me want a PlayStation console. It wasn't the game that sold me a PlayStation console because I didn't want to spend the money yet. But it's the one that made me want one. Mm. Of course, the game that made me buy it for people to grow up back then was Final Fantasy VII. But I still acquired the system a good number of months before the game came out. In which case, I was playing Jumping Flash 1 and Sweet Odin and Beyond the Beyond. Which I actually did like. Everyone else be damned. Oh. I thought the game was fine. Just it had a high encounter rate that was ridiculous. So Jumping Flash is a rabbit. Yes, but as a kid, rabbits were one of my favorite animals. Rabbits and turtles were my babies. Uh, the only way you can really improve on a rabbit is to roboticize it and give it cool weaponry and a super <laughs> leap, uh, which is pretty much what this game is where you control <laughs> say, only way to improve a rabbit is to turn it into a turtle. Well, I mean, baby too slow. Turtle, rabbit. I guess if you gave it the shell but let it retain the speed and Turtle ability. power. There were uh, crossovers of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Yusagi Ojimbo. Yusagi Ojimbo, yeah, because I remember he had the, he had the, I see, didn't had, I still have that action figure. One day I'm going to go back to my house and dig all those action They're figures They're making out. a Yusagi Ojimbo Netflix series. Really? Lost I heard, yeah. That'll be a trip. I wonder how many people will remember him. I don't know, I do. <laughs> well, for good reason. Apparently I do. I mean, I remember Muckman and Joe Eyeball. Where is his TV show? But honestly, but this game and rabbit, I just I'm a big fan of rabbits. And they're adorable. Now. I almost bloody near crashed my car today driving down, coming here actually. There's a lot of rabbits out here. There was a rabbit that just yeah. jumped out of the road and was just hanging out on the side of the road. I'm like, oh rabbit! Oh crap! I swerved up the road <laughs> for the rabbit. But I don't know what it is about them because at their core, like in nature, if they engage with you as far as like your living your living location. They're annoying. They eat your crops. Yes. They they crap everywhere. Yep. 
But if you don't have to deal with them in that contest, like if you have them as a pet or if you just see them out and about, they're so adorable. Oh, they're so cute. I mean, even I, I mean, you know, me and my garden is pretty pretty big, and they destroyed they destroyed all the peas I was trying to grow last year. They're so cute, but they're also risky little buggers. I came really close to having an incident. Oh yes, mowing my lawn, was, yeah, and like I stopped because I saw something wiggling on the ground. I totally almost ran over a bunny farm, like a yeah. bunny hole. With my lawnmower, and I would have been traumatized for life if I yeah, had. They burrow. Then my dad tells me I've done it twice. I'm like, don't say that. I know. I don't want to know that. Two two years ago, they actually made um, uh, they burrowed into my my uh, my back garden bed, the mm-hmm. one that's by the fence, and I, I hadn't pulled any weeds in and turned it over yet to do to do anything with it for the year. And when I went to start pulling weeds, I, I pulled stuff up, and like these tiny little baby bunnies came out, and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't relocate them or move them or do. So I was like, I guess I'm not using this bed this year. Just let them have it. I just let them have it. They're yeah. so precious. But this year, I went hardcore with the fencing. Bunnies are not getting into my things. That's year. right. Get them. Which is why they're probably out in the street, because they're just sad. <laughs> can't, we can't get into the precious nickels crop. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, I know it's working, because right now I have arugula. I have romaine lettuce. But the true test is carrots. Because you know, uh, rabbits I, love carrots. I haven't grown Bugs it. Bunny told me I so. I should grow carrots to see what they go crazy for. They love peas. They love the peas. Which makes me wonder now I think about it. What is it? Who does? I, I probably was Mel Blanc. Uh, who decided? But who decided rabbits love carrots? It has to be Mel Blanc because it has to be because the way he holds, um, Bugs Bunny holds it like a cigar. Yes. That has to be the only reason. It's Good. like, oh, it's oh, it's a carrot because he's a bunny rabbit, likes vegetables. But it has to be like a cigar, like Humphrey Bogart. It's amazing, though, because when Buster and Babs became a thing, they ate carrots just like Bugs did. Yeah, they got the, they, got, they got hooked on the same stuff. <laughs> hooked on the sauce. I mean, it's it's a shame, but, I mean, that's what happens when your parents Beta are... Beta-carotene is an addictive you're, 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 Yeah, your parents are addicted to carrots. Your children are going to be addicted to carrots. It's, it's the beta-carotene. <laughs> it's an evil additive in carrots. That's awful. All right, my last track. Okay, um... I don't know which one I'm going to choose. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go with Simpsons, this one. Simpsons Road Rage. My bonus round track is already off the wall. So I'm going to go with this one here. This, my, We'll save this one for the end. We'll save that last track for the end. My last track is going to be from the game Mighty Goose. The, the Mighty Goose by Dominic Min, Nim, Dominic Dominic Mark. Mark. Dominic Ninmark. Probably one of the greatest Ninmarks that the, I've ever. And one of the greatest gooses. Geese? Geeses. Geese. Goose. One of the greatest geese. Uh, This is stage two, act two, the convoy from Mighty Goose.
Oh yes, you're back. You're back. <laughs> Listening to Dominic Ninmark. This amazing soundtrack to the game Mighty Goose. This is Stage 2, Act 2, The Convoy. I mean, like, he's got to be one of my favorite composers, modern game composers. For friggin' good reason. It's just everything is such high energy. I love his leads and his melodies. Was, just, it's, it's so much fun. It's, it's so like, much fun to listen to. It's like I was telling you on the break, like, I can't think of another game composer, recent one per se, specifically, um, where I bought a game that he had composed for, or they had composed for, because it could have been a woman if there was another scenario, where I liked the music that the person put in the game so much that I immediately went to the store, looked for every other game associated with them, and bought them on the spot. Yeah. Like, I bought every game Dominic Nimbar's composed for on the Switch. All of them. Because I love them that much. <laughs> well, if you want to support these artists, go, go to their band camp. And go to their band camp on Friday. Oh, so they get all the profits. Yeah, they'll get all the profits. And you can just and download the music straight from them. If Dominic Denmark ever listens to this show on a whim, if he Google searches his name, <laughs> come on our show. It would be great. Oh. I would gush like the dickens. Yeah, yeah. We got we got to reach out to this guy. It's it's such good stuff. I'm like I, I discovered him first because he was doing these like Eurobeat remixes of like video game music, and it was like legit, like amazing stuff. And then um, and I was like, wait a minute, he's done actual like game comp- composition. It's just great stuff. And I mean, the Goose, Unt- Untitled Goose game was like, okay, you get to run around as the goose. It's kind of like a, a fun mission-based stealth game as you're like an annoying goose. This one is like, the goose has got, like, is heavily armed. It's going to take a lot of work to cook this goose. He's <laughs> running around fighting aliens or whatever. It's cool. It's he, really, really You know cool. it has a dedicated honk button? In this one? Yes. Oh, I love it. Just like an Untitled Goose game. You can honk. You can honk. But oh. you can't hide. <laughs> you can honk, but you can't. mighty goose. <laughs> All right, we're starting to run a little late. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying this music, but I'm going to turn it down, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good God. Purnell found his honk button. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> uh, the bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and remixes on our theme. Our theme this week is animals, and Purnell, you... you Sexy animal, yeah. What do you got for me? I really wish I could find a remix for friggin' Baku Baku after you mentioned it on the earlier in the show. That would have been perfect. Baku Baku isn't exactly the uh, mainstream game we think it is. <laughs> Honestly, as a part of me, it's like put the show on pause and I'll find one for sure. But we are running out of time. So I am going to go with my original pick, which is the a remix to the, or I guess more of a cover, to the Banjo Kazooie final battle theme. This is done by Family Jewels, but the funny thing about it apparently is that he got Grant Kirkhope to come on with him and do it. What? Oh, that's great. Okay, cool. Let's listen to this one.
Welcome back. You just listened to a metal cover of the final battle theme from the original Banjo-Kazooie, not Nuts and Bolts or Banjo-Tooie. Um, composed by, or rather covered by Family Jewels, but with a great assist by the original composer, Grant Kirkhope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm already, you already know I'm a fan of Family Jewels, so I'm, I'm a sucker for like, oh, he's got a cover, I want to pick him. Um, mm-hmm. But it was especially interesting that I saw Grant Kirkhope was associated with just why, because I was like, I kind of like stuck with it. This was where I go to. Um, I I was telling you earlier on the break that uh, back when Banjo-Kazooie first came out, I did not get on board with it. Mm. I was telling myself the whole time, Mario 64 is better. Why would I come play another collectathon when it's already been perfected over here? But now as I've gotten older, like maybe in my early 20s, I would say, um, I picked it up again. A friend let me borrow their cartridge. And I was really enamored with it. This is a lot of fun. Finding the, the new um, um, Banjo and Kazooie combo powers and then finding one more, getting, basically completing the stages and getting every item on there. There was something about that that just felt compelling. Like, I liked doing it. And it's different from that, oh, God, I got to go back because I missed one Jiggly. No, this was more like, oh, man, I got to go find, I gotta find that Jiggly. Where is it? I want to find it. And you're running around. You're having fun. It's a fun scavenger hunt. And it was before they became bloated. Like, people like to say that Donkey Kong 64 was when they got bloated. It was like, here's a world, tons of bananas, but only certain monkeys can get certain bananas. Oh. Even if they walk over it, they'll walk through it. It's so, like, this oh, is dumb. that's rough. So then you got to, like, it's it's forcing you to replay. Yes. Like, like rather than just, like, I want to replay just to have fun, I have to replay to actually do it yep i had to uh, replay it as every of the all the donkey kong characters that's a, that a bit of a shame it's like it's overkill but if you're just running around and you're finding new things hmm. you see that ledge can i reach that ledge let me try to do it that was the gym and the fact that this game had tons of good humor i love the relationship between banjo and kazooie banjo being the bear and kazooie being a i don't even know what he was considered to be like a red build like Freaking Stark Bill! I don't. Yeah, even I don't. Know. It was it was a bird of something. He a, was a bird. A, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, like red, an awesome a red bird. bird. Yeah, it and was some tropical bird. Tropical bird. He he lived inside of Banjo's backpack. I always thought that was funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. But then he got the one power where he could take his legs out and he'd run across the floor with Banjo on his back. <laughs> it was just this weird thing. But, and he's in Smash now. Yeah, and he put him in Smash Bros. He was in. I'm trying. I want to say he was in the first character pack. Actually, he was towards. He was one of the last okay. characters in the first character pack of Smash cool. Ultimate, and they gave him a good combination of moves that they can use, including the invincible bird feather. Well, I feel like there's a lot like with the Banjo Kazooie. There's a lot they could choose from. Like there's a lot of um, um like uh, potential. Oh yeah, and yeah. they they put it to use. I mean, like I'm, I'm pretty sure he can fire eggs out of his pack. Oh, of course, and all that. So like it's just nice. They're good characters. And I still think it was the, probably the golden age of Nintendo crafting like weird characters for their games. People like to hate on the NC4. Those people are wrong. Um, I love the NC4 just fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It I had stiff competition though. Like I'm not going to oh, say yeah, it was better yeah. than the PS1. I can't say I, I ever hated on it, but I just I never had one and to really get into. So oh, that's an understandable yeah. thing. I mean, what was, but, it, but, was it? Was a lot like, of it was because like a lot of the games didn't appeal to me at the time. Also, I mean, it's also money. Like you can't just like say yeah. you can't just like blind buy it in hopes of it. I mean, like what was it? There was a Starland meme that was up recently, and they were like, they posted a bunch of consoles. I love how old it, how old I am because they started at the PS One and Saturn era. Like, what was your gaming history trail like? Oh, so it was right, like right. plot out your history of consoles you own, and you would go through it, and people would be like, one, 
9, 14, and 16, and whatnot. Mine was like every number but one of them, which was the Jaguar. I was like, I don't want the Jaguar. <laughs> and it was like the guy commenting is like, wow, like one of the, as one of the only people who would own pretty much every console on here, what were your favorite ones? And I'm like thinking about it really hard, and I'm like, you know, this isn't even a hard question for me. Like across 18 game consoles, PS3, only because of the backwards compatibility, but if you wow. didn't have it, it would yeah. have been the PS2. Okay. Same reason, because backwards compatibility plus the PS2 library, there was no contest. Xbox 360 and the Switch. And people would think I'm freaking bonkers for saying the Switch over something like the GameCube. And I'm like, that's nostalgia talking, baby. The Switch is really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, GameCube. Did they have it on Switch? Honestly, I don't think they have any GameCube port. I'm surprised they don't have any GameCube really getting GameCube. I was making a joke because people always say that. It's on Switch? It's on Switch? Yeah, <laughs> it's on, on Switch. Switch. I'll buy it. Um, all right, so I'm, I went back to the Goose. Went back to the More Goose. More Goosage. Because there's a uh, there's a ner- there's a, a nerdcore rapper called Dan Bull who did a hardcore, um, very uh, riddled with expletives. Uh-oh. Um, rap for the Untitled Goose game. It's called Goose on the Loose. I'm assuming the expletives are honks. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and do some of my own honking on the on the track. I see that, that would be to a fix it one. up. But we're gonna listen to this one. This is Goose on the Loose. Leave your door locked. 
Cause I'm a big bird and you're a small cock Oh, what's the matter? Did I put a little sore spot? Next time I'm gonna rip your mother balls off Gonna get your drop with all the stuff I pilfer Swan hashtag, no filter I'm just telling the truth Diligently pillaging the villages The village with the dignity My goodness, what a silly goose We got the Vinny news And Russell and Rocket They're full of stuff in your pocket The Vinny news And I've already got it Oh, I'm not stopping Or we're shopping for new ways To ruin names I'm a plumage And I'm Hussein I'll hide your boots I'll run tie your shoelace Gonna take you on another wild goose chase I'm a goose on the loose Get ready for abuse Get ready for abuse I'm a goose on the loose I'm a goose on the loose Get ready for abuse From a That was Goose on the Loose by Dan Bull. That was for the Unsidled Goose game. I'm going to have to go back and do a whole lot of editing there to get rid of some of the curse words, but it's so worth it, right? Yeah, I literally laughed at the idea. Like, you intentionally gave yourself extra work it's to too play good. this track. It is really good. Like, I've, I've been having a weird moment lately where like I'll bring up my Nintendo Switch and I'll look through the library like, I should play something, and I can't settle on anything. Not even just on the Switch, I own all my consoles. If it's not a review game, I'm in this weird rut game where I'm like, I can't decide what to play. Maybe I should just play Untitled Goose Game. It's give it a go. It's short, it's fun, it's really funny. It's just really funny because it's you get to be a jerk. You get to be and then it, it encourages it's a playful you. jerk. Oh, playful, super playful, but like there's no reason behind it. Like there's no story, like you're not trying to save the world. There's none of that. It's just your next mission is piss off the farmer. I like to believe that. <laughs> he's, go for it. I like to believe that he's an agent of purgatory, and all those people are actually in purgatory. It kind of feels that way, actually, because like it's it is kind of sandbox. Like the city, all the stages are connected eventually into like a kind of a big city. Mm-hmm. So like, but like that's the whole world. So maybe they are like trapped in purgatory in their own like their own private hell. And the goose is the administrator. He's the arbiter. He's the arbiter. <laughs> yeah, the arbiter of pain. Yes, um, I, I love the. I, I, I there's there's actually a uh, two player variant that came out. Oh, um, it was like a, two gooses, two geese, gooses, geeses, geeses. Oh my god, we're back on that again. But it's definitely a, like a DLC thing that came out. So if you if you like it, we'll play it together sometime. Because oh, that'd be cool. Because um, I and I finished it. I was like, oh, that was great. But then that was just it. So, um, so for more information on the bonus round, please go to rhythmandpixels.com, where we're gonna have links to everyone's band camps and sound clouds and where you can buy the music and support these incredible artists. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's really nice. I don't know. I got to explore this soundtrack. It's got a good OS. That's really good, yeah. All right, thanks for everybody. Thank you, everyone, all of you out there. Thank you for joining us and listening to all this great music on Rhythm and Pixels 32-7, Animals. 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 <laughs> um, I'm surprised we made more Simpsons references than uh, Muppet references, but we did a little bit of both. <laughs> we did a little bit of both in the end there. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us and listening and, and enjoying all of this great music. Um, there's a lot of great animals and games. I feel like you could, the very first video games were probably had animals in you them. You could do an entire season of this show yeah. solely devoted to animals. The whole podcast could be animals. So let's not go nuts. Uh, yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> Oops, all animals. It's anim- the animal podcast. <laughs> animal crackers. It's called the animal crackers. Um, anyway, so I know we had two geese on the show. That's fine. But we also had 
I um, what was that? Uh, the reptile was a a chameleon. Yeah, that came a karma chameleon. We had a chameleon. We had a kiwi bird. That's pretty good. We had a bear. We did have. We had two bears technically. What animals did you see today? <laughs> well, this I is, saw a muppet. <laughs> the best of muppets. Though with this track, I it wanted was, to. This I was is from Elibits, right? Yes, and that was originally when I first. This was the first track I chose for the episode, but then bumped it for the, the bloody roar track mm. because I was originally going to be like, I'm just going for a bunch of like fake, like not animals, more like creatures, and the Elibits are definitely creatures, little wacky, cute creatures that are hidden from the world. But this one kid is able to find yeah. them, and they cause mischief. They don't know gremlins, basically. Yeah, I, I, I remember elephants. I never played it, but I knew about them. So I was wondering what kind of animal they were. But they were just little, like gremlins, right? little gremlins that cause yeah. trouble and mischief. I like that. And the kid has the means to actually catch them with his grab gun or whatever. This, so. this song is really good. I'm into this. Okay, I, I love the OST for this game. I played one other track on the show, I believe, and it was my that was my favorite track in the game. Mm. So I was like, oh, I, I want to go back to Elibus, but I can't pick that one. And this was the next standout for me. I love this track so much. This is good. This is really good. I um, wish Konami would do more games like this. They, they just fell off the planet. Yeah, somehow. it's bizarre. It's just interesting. Because it was like, this was an experimental game of theirs. And it was clearly just trying to, you know, milk the, oh, well, we has motion controls. But it was a fun way to do it. Like, you had to actually lift objects and tip them over to shake an Elibit out. And there was like levels oh, like where you that. couldn't break certain objects because you know your parents would get mad if you did. It was like this, it was adorable. Mm. I still have a plush elephant at home. Oh yeah, I actually bought a plush elephant. And can you like hang him from your rear view mirror in your car? I probably should put it in the car, but then the sun would bleach it. Oh yeah, yeah, that happens. I had a um, a Hamtaro. Uh, I remember plushie. that ham toy. Yeah, I found it in a box down here, and so I brought it to work just to like, kind of sit on my desk. And it, it, I left it in my car for so long; it, it was like it's almost pale. It's like, <laughs> it's like almost completely gray. Poor thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so if you want to get in contact with Robin Purnell, me and him, say hi, say hello. If you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, please. Want to shoot the breeze? Shooting the breeze is what we're good at. We hey, we do it every week for like an hour and a half. That's true. Send us an email, please. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. That is the best way to get a hold of us is through the emails. Um, and for a full track listing of this episode and of all of our episodes and access to all our, our episodes, please go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. You can also find our Discord server on our website. The, the link is at the very top of the page in the little menu up there. It's called Discord or something like that. And there's a lot of fun people, a lot of cool people like me and Purnell and some other friends hanging out in the Discord. If you want to say hello, if you want to share some music or just chat, you can hang out with us there. We also have a, uh, a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts on YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. I'm really proud of that, so go check that out. If you put a lot of work into <laughs> that man. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier today. I put more time than I probably should into that thing. Um, so go check that out. That's really cool. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is just to tell people about it. Express your love through podcast expression sharing. Express yourself. As long as expressing Adio, your... Adio, you dang. I never knew what those lyrics were from that song. <laughs> express yourself. That's the, That's the song. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I heard that at a supermarket recently. And I always want to say, I'll be over here. And I don't think <laughs> that's what they actually say. But I don't know. I got to figure that out. And I'm thinking about that too. I don't know. 
It was a good song, though. Who was that? Do you know? You're asking the wrong guy. You know, that's a Purnell staple. All I, I can think is Madonna, composers. but I don't think it was Madonna. It's, it, this show made me look in the composers of things. Before <laughs> this show, I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you, now we have to figure this out. Um, anyway, so you can share, share it with your friends, share it with your family. You can also uh, click the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That will help us a whole lot. You can also support us by going to Patreon, which is patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And as a member of our Patreon, you get access to a monthly live streamed episode of our show um, at any level. You get access to, um, what else do you get? You get, you get, you get mugs, there's t-shirts, stickers. there's stickers. Stickers are cool. Uh, I think for like five bucks, you get cool stickers. So check that out on our Patreon. And at the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels. So we'd like to first thank Brooke. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much, Brooke. It is very, very much appreciated. We want to thank Frankly Zappa, also extremely appreciated. My guy. My guy. We talk games, and I need to get back on the horn with that. Actually, I should say this. So it's better to say it on the show because it's a cooler accolade. So Frankly Zappa recommended the Hori Split Pad Pro for the Nintendo Switch recently to me. And I finally got off my butt and purchased one using some of the massive amounts of Target credit. I'm still wheating through. Um, and? I love it very much. It's great for my massive hands. Oh. It has an actual cross pad instead of the freaking four buttons that the Joy-Cons have. Mm-hmm. And it just feels more stable when you have them connected. Uh, a Hori makes good controllers. Yes, they do. I have a joystick. I have a jo- Hori joystick, which is excellent. Oh. Very, very good stuff. So thank you, Frankly Zappa, thank for you. the patronage and also for the recommendation. Good I owe you a recommendation. Yeah, we owe you a recommendation. How about you try Frito's um, Curls? They're excellent. We should offer my healthy recommendation. Um, you should try Carrots Curls. Okay, that's close enough. <laughs> covered in Fritos. Oh. Um, thank you also to other Patreon members. Uh, the number one. Uh, GameFan44, Mike Myers, Person, Fashion8060, Alex Messenger, the messenger of AVGM Journey, a wonderful VGM podcast, all soon to be celebrating his 100th episode. 100 levels. That's a lengthy game. 100 episodes. Uh, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, which is Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast all about Asian cinema and Kung Fu movies. Uh, Chris Tienerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Christopher Sendstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Regol, Harold Howard, Jeff Maziota, the Triple Jeff, the Tri Jeff. <laughs> Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, a fantastic VGM podcast. He hosts with uh, um, uh, Mike. Mike? Mike? Matt. Is that May? It's Mike Levy. Mike Levy. Thank. Oh, my God. I totally just my brain closed up there i want to thank uh keith shusterman uh martyrus host of the re vgm podcast uh podcast of video game music covers and remixes thank you dr michael bridgewater from the forever sound version and also in the demo scene doing rocking commodore 64 jams check him out on twitch at mebri 64 i want to thank rage cage host of the vg emporium podcast all the stuff that's fit the rate uh, Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and then Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy podcast. Embassy. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, all of you. All of you, all of you, all of you. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. It keeps everything going. It keeps us in, uh, keeps us fed, keeps us housed. 
<laughs> it keeps us close. It keeps the podcast on the internet is what it does. And it keeps us um, with uh, a working equipment. And soon it'll keep us at your local classic gaming convention, hopefully. So I we'll do see. look forward to going back to one of those. Yeah, we'll, we'll be getting back to that. And so that, that's all, this will all help us. Still got to come up with a good topic for an episode that we record at one of these. Uh, animals. Animals. No, there'll be no animals at TMG. <laughs> no animals. It'll be uh, something better. We just got to think of it. If anybody's got a suggestion, let us know, but it won't be animals. Well, anyway, thank you all of you so much for supporting our show and um, and, and your continued support of our show. It means a whole lot to us and, 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 it, and inspires us to keep doing more and to keep doing better. So I Greatly appreciate it. Like, <laughs> it just goes to show you, we've mentioned this many times in the past, but I honestly had no idea that anybody would give two hoop a goose about what we're talking about on this show. And lo and behold, we're on episode 32 7. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? I didn't, <laughs> but I am grateful and appreciative of all of it. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. And, and if it's we fun can to do, do it, right? Huh? And it's fun to do. It's very fun to do. If we can do it, you can do it. Yeah, if you have an idea for a podcast, please try it. And if you're not sure how to do it, Email us and we'll show you how, or we'll 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 help you along the way. Or like, Rob will help you, and I'll encourage. <laughs> yeah, what, because I'm not the tech nothing, guy here. Nothing but encouragement. No matter what you want to do, do something creative. Find something creative with your time. It's always worthwhile to spend the time to do it. So that's my words of wisdom. Thanks for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Have a great week, and remember, animals. That's the words. Nah, kidding. Uh, <laughs> Spit uh, my water out. <laughs> um, animal adoption and animal support is a fantastic endeavor to engage in in this world of ours. Uh, not only is it good for just giving a loving creature a home and support and comfort, but they make great companions for you too. And you are technically helping an animal that is already in, on the planet have a place to call home. It helps with your depression. It helps with just a number of things just, they're just great to have they change your life i will admit i'm saying this as a person who does not has not does not own an animal because i'm obsessed with finances but well i'm like an obsession to that rule everyone i know whether they have money or don't have money have always come about to me when they own a pet and said i'm happy to have this pet and i love mooching off of their pets you, you love my pets you're damn right i do there you go so get a pet <laughs> or mooch off of someone's pets animals are awesome do better for them in our, in our environment as well. Mm. Don't eat full gras, I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> that's the episode. Wow. All right. Strong words. <laughs> <laughs>